Thanks for listening to Hanging With The Sardellas Podcast Gracias, Ariela, familia. Today we have a super empowering guest that has an amazing story that will inspire you to never give up on your dreams. Her name is Erika Alfaro, and I'm sure you've seen the picture of her and her parents that went viral in 2019. In this picture, she's in her college graduation cap and gown next to her parents in the middle of the fields where they work picking fruit. She just wrote her biographical book, Cosechando Sueños, in Spanish. So good. also wrote it in English, Harvesting Dreams, where she tells her inspiring story. Coming up next, you will hear how she overcame the challenges of being an immigrante from Oaxaca, Mexico, being a woman who became a single mother at the age of 15, survived domestic violence, and is now a motivational speaker, author, philanthropist, has a master's in education, and is a true example Que si se puede. Woo! Such a perfect story to launch Hispanic Heritage Month. A continuación. Antes de continuar, we would like to thank God for giving us another opportunity to hang out with you. My name is Edgar Sotelo, a.k.a. Shaboy, and here's my wonderful wife, Janet. Hola, hola. Y en la línea telefónica tenemos a Erika Alfaro, who's in Tijuana right Ooh. now, Baja Califas. Hola, Erika, welcome. Hola, gracias por invitarme. It is an honor for me to be here with you guys. Thank you, amor. I know my wife, Janet. Uh, we've been fighting over the book you sent us, Cosechando Sueños, que ya salió en español. And the English version, uh -huh. which is Harvesting Dreams, is coming out October 26th. Pero, babe, ¿no te he visto tan metida un libro así? In a minute. Like, <laughs> sí. what is it about Erika's book that has you hooked? I like to read, but it's really hard to read when you have two little ones. But this book in particular has me hooked because I can totally relate to her story. My parents trabajaban en la agricultura, en los files, y, and I can totally relate to her story. Love that. Erika, thank you for speaking up por nuestra gente que trabaja en los campos, nuestra gente trabajadora, inmigrante. Mi papá también trabajó en el campo cuando de primero llegamos a Estados Unidos. And it just means a lot that we can project this story, you know, and, and especially during this pandemic, they've been at the front lines. You know, you look at the produce section of the grocery stores and maybe other things were missing during the pandemic, pero nunca in the produce section. We always found everything we needed because of nuestra gente. Exactly. Nuestros paisanos trabajando duro dentro de la agricultura. So thank you so much for honoring your parents, your heritage, and such hardworking people. Oh, thank you. I want to know, how did that photo come to you? Like, how did you get that idea? I want a photo of my parents and I in the fields. That is a great question. Two weeks before my graduation ceremony, I bought my cap and gown. And I, I just wanted to surprise my mom. I walked into her room wearing my cap and gown. And as soon as she saw me, she broke down crying. And my mom is a strong woman. You're going to see in the book that she had a very rough childhood. 
So she's a woman that I hardly ever saw crying uh, when I was uh, when I was a little girl, and seeing her cry got me very emotional. We both cried. She didn't stop repeating todos esos sacrificios, todas esas horas trabajando en el campo, sí valieron la pena. In that moment, I said, I want to do something special for my parents, and I want to dedicate this master's degree to them. And that is why I decided to take the pictures in the field. That is wonderful. That is absolutely beautiful because eso sucedió en el 2019. And now we're seeing uh, pictures like this more than ever before on social media. So, I mean, I don't know if you were the uh -huh. first, but definitely one of the first to ever go viral with a picture like this, honoring her parents that come from uh, this background dentro de la agricultura, working in the fields, picking strawberries, picking fruits, etc. And now we're seeing more and more students doing it. And I think that's absolutely beautiful that maybe if at some point these students felt ashamed of where they come from, right. now it's a different perspective that has been the, should have been the reality from day one, which is now they feel proud of their roots. Absolutely. Yeah. So thank you for being part of that movement, Erika. Oh, thank you. Thank you. It's really appreciated. I, I honestly, I never thought that it was going to go viral. Uh, I hardly ever, I, I was not very active on my social media. I, I just wanted to do it for my parents. But then by doing that, I realized how long I was able to connect and help other people by sharing my story and how, Four years before the pictures went viral, I remember that I wrote in my journal, one day I would like to share my story with other students, underrepresented students, so that I can inspire them to continue with their education. That was my goal, to speak in front of 20 people. But then I thought, maybe I'm being a little bit uh, unrealistic, but that's something that I want to do in the future. Little that I know that I was not going to be in front of 20 people. It's going to be all over the world because it went viral internationally. Wow. Yeah, I mean, you were on CNN, I mean, Univision, Telemundo, no se diga, but all the big uh, news networks. And let's hear more of that story, Erika. And before you tell us about your raíces and where it all began in Oaxaca, Mexico, why are you in Tijuana right now? I am in Tijuana right now because I visit an orphanage, it's an orphanage Emanuel, and I make sure that the kids have a teacher of the colleges. Right now, one of the kids is turning 15. So I wanted to make them a quinceanera, and I am here with them. Uh, they are my 25 kids, and that's something that I don't really talk about on social media. But I realized that when I share it, more people want to help. Mm -hmm. And uh, my employer, who owns a farm of 700 acres, sent the manager of Human Resources Department to come and see it. And they are very impressed. They were like, why you never told us about this? Wow, muchas felicidades. So that's why I'm here. I love that. I love that. that's what happens yeah. when you share your stories and you're using your platform for good, Erika. Muchísimas gracias. And at the end of this podcast, we'll share all of Erika's social media handles and emails so you can connect with her and, and find out other ways to join her in helping out people de la agricultura and orphanages in Tijuana, Baja California. So, Erika, tell us, immigrating to the U.S., to California, going back and forth between Cali and Mexico, tell us about that part of your journey. Yes. I grew up in Tijuana, Mexico. My parents are from Oaxaca. And my mom obtained her residence when I was 12 years old. We started crossing the border every morning to go to school in San Isidro. And that was exactly on September 11th when everything changed. It was impossible to cross the border every day uh, to go to school with my parents. And that's why they took the decision to move to Oceanside, California. 
we rented a small apartment, an apartment that we shared with another family. It was an apartment of two bedrooms that we shared with 13 people, two families. In one bedroom, it was my siblings and I, it was a five of us, and the other one, it was six, and then sometimes people will rent the living room. That's when I started going to school, I struggled so much because at that time, I didn't know how to speak English. I was living in a neighborhood where teenage pregnancy was very common, and I decided to drop out of high school when I found out that I was pregnant. I was 15. Then I moved with my baby's father to Fresno, California. And that's where I lived many years of domestic abuse. And I remember that I used to feel very sorry for my life. And I used to patiently wait for my life to change. But then one day I realized that the only person that could change my life was me. And uh, it all started the night that my baby's father forced me and my baby to sleep outside the house. In the middle of despair, a memory came to my mind. And that memory was... Uh, when my mother took me to work to the tomato field when I was 13. And I remember that when I told her that I was tired, she said, if you want a better life, you need to get a good education. And that was the answer to the problem that I was having in that moment. That night, I promised my nine-month baby that I was going back to school and that I was going to make him feel proud of me. But the journey was not easy, and that is that part of my story, and that's why I wrote it in the book. And I remember that my baby's father used to rip all my homework and tell me, do you really think you can graduate from high school? You don't even know how to speak English, and I will see all my homework falling to the ground. And I made a promise to myself that I was never going to give up. But then in 2012, when, every, when I thought that everything was going According to my plans, I already already ended the abusive relationship. I was doing good. My son was five years old when he was diagnosed with cerebral palsy, and they told me that it was because brain injury. It was brain injury during pregnancy. Oh no! So I remember the doctor asking me, "Did you ever hit your stomach?" And in that moment, all the memories of domestic abuse came rushing to my mind. I felt into a huge depression and. It is a long story, but at the end of the day, I always prayed. I always pray and say, like, God, like, please heal my son. If, if you if you exist, show me that you exist to my son. I was begging. And then one morning, I was getting my son ready for school. I was kneeling down, getting his shoes. And he asked me, Mommy, ¿ya tienes una carrera? Recuerda que todos los días tú me decías que ibas a tener una carrera. Íbamos a comprar una casa y vamos a tener un perrito. Ay, mi vida. And in that moment, that was the first time that I heard my son speak in a clear sentence. Wow. It was that miracle that, that you've been I praying was, for, for him to be able to speak yeah, I was, clearly. Wow. Yes. And a year before then, I was academically disqualified from Cal State San Marcos uh, because of the depression that I felt into. My grades uh, were falling down and at the end of that semester I was told that I could no longer be a student in that school. Oh my God. Yeah, but after my son asked me that question and I, I remember that I got so happy that I went back to the school and I asked him, what do I need to do so that I can be a student here again? It was not easy. It took me six years to get my bachelor's degree. But in 2017, the girl who was academically disqualified was now selected to be the commencement speaker of her graduation ceremony 
I gave a speech in front of more than 3,000 people, and that is the first time that I share my story. Wow. What a blessing. That's a great example of how God is present in your life. Now, what would you tell to the woman listening right now? Que a lo mejor se siente decepcionada de la vida, que se siente triste, deprimida y tal vez un poquito de todo lo que tú has vivido. Yeah, maybe currently is living still with domestic violence and feels that there's no way out. ¿Qué le puedes decir? What can you yeah. tell that woman? Like if you're talking to her face to face. Oh, there is so much. There is so much I want to tell those women because I know how it feels to be there. I know how it feels to give up. I know how it feels to think that there's no way out. And that is the reason why I share my story, because there are so many messages in my book. But the most important one is that you are the one that is 100% responsible of your life. And that those hard moments in life are not there to stop you. They're there to make you stronger. It is for a purpose. I used to be ashamed of my story. Little did I know that my story was going to open a lot of doors and connect me to a lot of people and allow me to help others. So the mess that I thought my life was is now my message. I love how God is using you and I love how you're embracing it. Thank you for that. Yeah, and how God has used, like you said right now, how God is using what you saw as your mess oh, is the, message. the heart of your message to bring hope and mm -hmm. inspire others. Erika, yeah. so take, take me mm -hmm. to that moment where your son is nine months old, so you're now maybe like 16 years of age. And he kicks you out of the home that you guys are staying in in Fresno, California, and you're literally sleeping outside with your nine-month-old baby. What did it take for you to finally leave him? And what do you think was keeping you there with him that wouldn't allow you to leave before that? Let me know coming up next. Erika, so yeah. what would you say was keeping you there with this abusive man? And what was it that finally inspired you and motivated you to take the decision to finally leave him and be that courageous and that brave, especially after he had kicked you out of the house and you had to sleep outside at the age of 16 with your nine-month-old baby in Fresno, California? Yes, that night I realized that I was no longer about me that this was going to also affect my son. And I described it very clearly uh, in the book as well. I grew up in a culture where I, was, where I was told, you need to stay with him. He is your baby's father. You're never going to make it as a single mother. Tenía todas estas creencias conmigo that I thought that it was impossible for me to make it on my own, that I had to stay with him en las malas y en las buenas. But then when I realized that he was hurting my son, Because that night, I was begging him to not leave, let my son inside, to let him sleep inside. It was the winter. It was extremely cold and threatening. And I begged him. And when I realized that he was not going to open the door, I thought, wow, this is, this is going to be my son's life if I stay. So that day, I got the courage to start doing something to change that. And then eventually, I, I ended up leaving that abusive relationship. Glory to God. Thank you for sharing that. I know it's not easy going back. And I just thank you for being so courageous and brave to continuously go back to that, but also share it in hopes that like Janet, like you brought up, you know, hopefully somebody right now is listening to this, whether they be a man or a woman that is suffering through domestic violence and know that they deserve a lot better. 
God has a plan to prosper them and not to harm them, but to give them a hope in a future. Like it says in Jeremiah 29, 11. Yeah. But like you keep saying, Erika, you took responsibility. Not that it was your fault that all these things were happening to you, but you said, I also have the choice to leave. And you took that. You took that leap of faith and bet on yourself. And it was interesting that it wasn't until you saw how he was hurting your son that you saw that you needed to get out because he was hurting you, pero como que eso no era suficiente. Like, you're like, oh, I, I can, me aguanto, right? Yeah. Because you said that you were raised that way of like, hey, si te embarazas, you got to get married to that man. You got to stay with him, mm -hmm. be loyal and work it out no matter what, which is incorrect, mm -hmm. especially if you're suffering domestic abuse. Y ahora con todo el éxito que has tenido, is he around or has he tried, has he tried to come around? It's very interesting how life works, but when I ended the abusive relationship, he will still appear in my life. And it was and there's a chapter that I call Una Fiera, because one day he went into my house, like almost a year and a half later after I ended the abusive relationship, and he hit me. Uh, my sister, Ayana Defendio, and a couple of weeks later, I found out that he was in prison. I'd never heard of him. He was not part of my life anymore. But then one day I got a call from prison and he's like, hey, I'm not sure if it's you, but I think I saw you on the news. That was in 2019. Off so of this he, viral he's picture. no longer around. Yes, wow. that's how he saw me. But I told him that, hey, a long time ago, I already forgive you. And I, I should pray for you. And all I want to tell you is that somehow you're part of this too. And, and that's the last time I heard of him. That's amazing. I admire you, Erika, because not only... Did you fight for your life, for your son's future? Did you leave this abusive relationship? But you also showed grace towards him. And, mm. and you almost okay. te liberaste. Te liberaste de todas esas cargas, esas culpas. It's almost, it's amazing yeah. how God is present in you. And I thank you so much for sharing that with us. Thank you. Thank you. Erika, there's a part in your book, this hit me hard. Okay. Porque tenemos dos hijas. And this hit me really hard, right? We have a four-year-old, Ariela, and a two-year-old, Alani. And I want you to expand on this, but it says that, you know, along the things that you overcame, overcoming that feeling that you weren't as valuable or weren't going to be able to do as much because you are a woman and you're not a man. Mm -hmm. Can you tell yeah. me a little bit more of yeah. where that came from? And then how did you overcome that? How, what can I do as a father? to instill in our daughters that they are equal and they can conquer above and beyond. So I, I grew up in a, in a culture where I was always told that there was a lot of preference for my brother. Uh, not, not from exactly my parents. My dad treated us equally. My mom, she had a lot of preference for my brother, a lot of hope for him. But my grandparents, mi abuelito, He will always fight with my dad. When we started crossing the border as teenagers to go to school, there was always arguments between my grandpa and my dad. My grandpa would tell my dad, ¿Por qué las dejas ir a ellas a la escuela? Son mujeres. Ellas se van a casar. Es una pérdida de dinero. You're wasting your time. They shouldn't be in school. They're women. The only one that has a right to go to school is Luis because he's a boy. And I grew up hearing that. I grew up hearing my grandpa saying, like, When I was little, when I was um, like seven years old, my grandpa said, Tu hermano es el hombre de la casa, lo tienes que obedecer. Si un día él te pega, es porque 
porque él es el hombre de la casa. El árbol me ha echado y me dice, abuelito, si él me pega, yo le voy a pegar de regreso. And my grandpa, he's kind of like, he's been quiet, he smiled a little bit, and he's like, she movió la cabeza como que, wow, this girl, like, because he would tell that to my sister, and she won't, she won't say nothing, or he would tell that to my little cousin, my girl cousin, no one would say nothing, they won't agree, but I was the one that, no, I'm not going to allow that. But I grew up with that, I grew up hearing how, like, men were better than women, how women should, like, obey and be submissive. That's how I was conditioned, like, throughout my childhood. Wow. Thank you for sharing, Erika. And it's that machismo that unfortunately lives in nuestra cultura Latina. And thanks to people like you, you are breaking generational curses, generational chains. Yeah, amen. O sea, cosas que ya tu hijo no va a tener que vivir because of how brave yeah. and courageous you were. And for you that are listening to this right now, every family, right? My family, Janet's family, we all have generational challenges. Mm-hmm. cadenas uh-huh. that are holding us back in some way shape or form our parents did as best as they could with the knowledge and the wisdom that they had right but now uh-huh. it is our turn right. to take it to the next level and if there are some chains of negativity and generational curses that we got to break let's break them yeah to give our kids a better future Mejor oportunidad de lograr grandes cosas. Imagínate si se hubiera quedado. Like if Erica would have stayed and followed what what her grandpa said to do, she would have been stuck and miserable and depressed. And yeah. oh my goodness, Erica, so bravo que saliste de ahí. Good for you. <laughs> I wouldn't be here right now talking right. to you guys because después de haber dejado mi relación abusiva, I would I would feel carried and I would feel like feel so bad of like leaving my son without the father. Like, I was feeling so guilty for so many things, feeling, um, like, me daba como, me decía, no, ahí va la fracasada, and they were like, I was just so bad with one night, cuando mi, ma- mi abuelita se estaba muriendo, yo la fui a visitar, y yo le estaba acariciando su pelo, y she never criticized me, she never said nothing. Mi abuela era la mujer más sumisa que yo había conocido, nunca dio su opinión sobre nada. But I always wanted to know, ¿qué es lo que pensará mi abuelito? So, cuando ella estaba postrada en su cama, yo le pregunté, abuelita, ¿usted cree que yo hice mal de dejar a, a mi hijo sin papá? Y mi abuelita volteó y me respondió, ojalá yo hubiera sido igual de valiente que tú. Wow. And that's how she liberated me. That's how todas esas cadenas that I was carrying with me, it just felt in that moment. Y I don't carry them with me. I don't, I, I no longer, like, I'm not so hard on myself anymore like I used to. ¿Qué regalo tan más lindo le dice a tu abuelita de que ella pudo ver her grandchild be able to break those chains that she wishes she would have? But I bet you she felt even more full of joy, more at peace to seeing you be the one to have broken those chains. And ahí está. La que todos llamaban la fracasada ahora es el ejemplo a seguir. Y bueno, es que... Oh, thank you. Now they were like, I know her, I know her. Oh, I know. I, now they're like, I knew she was going to make it. Es que es una, es una guerrera. Erika, yeah. you're a warrior from the womb. I mean, I was reading in your, like, few pages of your book, and it says here, Ya fui partícipe de una migración riesgosa albergada en el vientre de mi madre. So you crossed the border with your mom while you were still in the womb, and you're a fighter from the womb. 
but God had the perfect timing for you to demonstrate to the world what you were capable. It's almost like God prepared you for this because your story, your message needed to be shared with the world. So this is amazing. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Yes, my mom. Every time when the photos were viral, they told me, why are you describing for them? And I was like, well, because I'm one of them. And they were like, you were born in the United States. And I'm like, yes, but I grew up in Tijuana. But something that I didn't really like tell them is like my mom crossed the border when she was eight months and a half. And I was born a week later. And then she took me back to Mexico. No, o sea, nomás, nomás naciste acá por papeles real quick. <laughs> See? You know, and that was, and that was yeah, very yeah, smart of your like parents that. too. Yes, yes. Sí. Por favor, por favor, please, please buy her book. It's such an inspiring story. And yes. I want to keep reading. <laughs> ya te voy a dejar, bye. Ah, no, <laughs> dice, me voy a regresar al libro. <laughs> but you have her right here. We can ask her. I know, This is right? like the audio book. <laughs> no, but it's it's well written. Congratulations. It's yes. so good. Y está en español. La versión en español se llama Cosechando Sueños. And the version in English is Harvesting Dreams, which will be out October 26th. To wrap this up, Erika... And I thank you so much for your time. Uh-huh. I know you're serving at an orphanage right now in Tijuana. Thank you for that. I don't want to take too much time away from you. Pero, you know, this is perfect for Hispanic Heritage Month, right? How you brought that line of, you know, you were already, without even knowing, already being developed as a courageous woman from the womb. Uh-huh. That even though our families are imperfect, and there's no perfect family, right? Pero nuestras raíces de inmigrantes, just the fact that we uh-huh. immigrated to this country shows how brave our families are. We may yeah, have not figured out my, other things, but but we're not cowards. We're courageous. Hardworking people. Mm-hmm. Gente trabajadora echándole ganas y el límite no existe para nosotros. O sea, podemos vivir una vida sin límites, but it's our choice. And thank you for making that choice, not just for yourself, but also for your son. And Erika, to wrap this up, what are you up to nowadays I know that you're studying for another master's degree, right? So so tell us, like, career-wise, what's going on? What are you cooking? Um, and how can we support? Yes, I am a business owner. I also have a master's degree in education, a bachelor's degree in psychology. I uh, Right now, I am getting a master's in human resources to focus in fighting for the rights of migrant workers. And that's exactly what I'm doing right now. I am part of the human resources department of one of the biggest fields in North County. And one of the most beautiful memories that I have two weeks ago, we gathered all the employees and we just told them there, from now on, you guys are making $2 more. And they all got so happy. Uh, This Friday, that's what I'm doing right now. That's part of my career. And I want to keep going. I want to go for a PhD as well. I want to get an R master's in human resources. I want to do so many things. I really wish I could divide myself like in five, <laughs> but I'm always I'm always doing something. That's amazing. Felicidades. So 15 years ago, yeah. pregnant in Fresno, sleeping outside in the cold, mm-hmm. abusive relationship, and 15 years later, now being an inspiration to so many of us. Thank you, Erika. No pare, sigue, sigue. How can our listeners connect with you and help serve and help any of the causes that you're working with? Uh, can you give us your social media handles y tu correo electrónico? You also said you're a business owner. What's your website? How can we support that as well? Yes, of course. Um, they can find me on Instagram, Alfaro, Erika, 47 uh, Business. 
Chanel Jewelry. And yeah, pretty much <laughs> On Instagram, familia, that's Alfaro Erika, and that's Erika with just a C, no K. Alfaro Erika, mm-hmm. 47, on Instagram, and then mm-hmm. Janelle's Jewelry as well, right? Yes, correct. Janelle's Jewelry is my second Instagram. Perfecto. Mm-hmm. And we will make sure we write all this information in the description of this podcast so you guys can catch it as well. And we'll tag her on our Instagram and social media as well. Pero lo más importante, familia, apóyenla con este libro, Cosechando Sueños, is now available on Amazon. I mean, you name it, it's available. Make sure you buy it. Barnes and Noble también, ¿verdad, Erika? Sí, correcto. Perfecto. Muchísimas gracias, Erika. Bendiciones. Y aquí tienes familia <laughs> y personas que están apoyándote. I really appreciate it. I, I, like I said, los admiro muchísimo. Gracias. Thank gracias Erica. igualmente. We'll be in touch para lo que se te ofrezca. Así es. Muchísimas gracias. Gracias. Bendiciones. Bye. Bueno, bendiciones. Hasta luego. Bye. Bye. Oh, that was amazing. Wow. What a woman. Qué mujerona, la verdad. Qué ovarios de esa mujer, right? Wow. Felicidades. Qué bendiciones para este mundo. Que la podamos tener y que comparta su historia. I just feel so encouraged yeah, and so excited for our daughters, you know, to be able to introduce them to stories like this, to be able to connect them with people like Erika. Um, and Erika's not the only one. There are a lot of stories like this, babe, you know, the Latinas, the immigrants doing amazing things and being proud of our culture. I love this movie. I don't know if you've noticed it, babe, pero más que nunca, especially on social media, more people are posting about how proud they are of their roots mm-hmm. yeah i like that plus having social media is so helpful now you could claro. connect with each other so easily yeah. so that's amazing so love you guys make sure you support erica alfaro thank you for supporting us and commenting on apple Podcasts, reviewing our podcast sharing it on your social medias and if you want to connect with us there's an easy way to do so yes yeah, on hashtag losotelos or losotelos.com que dios nos bendiga and remember to love serve and celebrate each other feliz inicio de hispanic heritage month orgullosamente latinos thanks for listening to hanging with When you're a Delta SkyMiles Platinum American Express card member, life's an adventure with your long-distance amorcito. Because who doesn't love walking around the Big Apple con tu media naranja? Or finding the most romantic sunset overlooking the Pacific Ocean? And sneaking in besitos inolvidables in Venice? The Delta SkyMiles Platinum American Express card. If you travel, you know. Learn more at go.annex slash you know. Listening to your favorite podcast? That's smart. Earning your degree online from Southern New Hampshire University? That's really smart. With 24-7 access to coursework, no set class times, and dedicated student support, you can go to school when and where it works for you. Low online tuition means you can even do it for less. 
and dedicated student support means we'll be with you from day one to graduation and beyond. Join a community of learners just like you. Go to snhu.edu today to start your free application.